Welcome to the Way of the Bible podcast, inspiring and empowering Christians of all measures of faith to simply believe God and follow Jesus. Join in with our host, Bible teacher and guide, Dr. Philip Zimmerman, as he explores the paths through Scripture that lead to life in the will of God. Being joyful always, praying continually, and being thankful in all circumstances, simply by believing God and following Jesus. And now, Dr. Z. Welcome again. This is Dr. Philip Zimmerman, Dr. Z. And you've joined me for episode number 038 of Way of the Bible podcast. So glad to have you with me today. This is our sixth of eight episodes in our mini-series entitled Rise of a Nation. The title of this episode, Choose, Life or Death, reflects Moses' passionate plea to Israel presented throughout the book of Deuteronomy. Life was found in choosing to obey the covenantal commands of God. Death was the result of choosing to obey other gods and to adopt their practices. The major theme of the book I'm going to focus on in this episode is God's command to be separate and remain distinct from the people of the nations and the gods they worshipped. Showing the significance of this theme requires the reading of extended Deuteronomy passages, as you'll see as we go through this episode. We learned in earlier episodes of this miniseries that God dispossessed the 70 nations descended from Noah after the Tower of Babel incident, putting them under the watchful eye of 70 heavenly beings called sons of God or God, little g-gods. God then chose Abraham out of the nations to covenant with him and build a nation of descendants that he would call his own through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. If you remember back in Numbers, Balak hired Balaam to curse the Israelites. And in one of the oracles that Balaam proclaimed over Israel, where he was actually blessing the nation and not cursing, he says in Numbers 23, 9, For from the top of the crags I see him, from the hills I behold him. Behold a people dwelling alone and not counting itself among the nations. Of course, he was speaking over the Israelites who were there on the plain below, as Balak had him a good vantage point of which to see Israel. And then in Deuteronomy 32, 8-9, when Moses is describing for Israel their history, he says, When the Most High gave the nations their inheritance, that's when he dispossessed the nations at the Tower of Babel, when he divided mankind, there he is dividing the nations, he fixed the borders of the peoples according to the numbers of the sons of God. So again, they, the, these nations have been put under the authority of these little g-gods in heaven. Verse 9, but the Lord's portion is his people, Jacob, his allotted heritage. So right off the bat, what we have as we get into the book of Deuteronomy is God's going to make a very big distinction for Israel before they go into the promised land, because they're about to go into the promised land, of who they are and who these nations are. In Deuteronomy, Israel is about to enter the promised land inhabited by people of the dispossessed nations, living under the authority and worshiping the gods of the nations. The Lord God wants to establish Israel in this land he promised to give Abraham so they can be a light to all peoples in the surrounding nations and draw people from the nations out of darkness to the light of God. That was the role of Israel in that day. They were to be the light of the world, really, for all the nations to swarm into and and be in the presence of the living God. And as a result, there must be a distinction between light and darkness. And that distinction is made very clear in the text of Deuteronomy, what God is trying to establish of having Israel go into the into the promised land. The Lord God Almighty requires strict obedience to the covenantal laws given to Israel through Moses. Much of that law 
is found in the books of Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers, which we've covered on earlier episodes. Deuteronomy opens up in the 40th year of their wilderness wanderings. This is just before they enter the land. With Moses is providing a summary of their wilderness wanderings and the law up to date, and he, of course he provides details of additional conditions of the covenant. And the narrative begins following their exodus out of Egypt. So that's where the narrative begins. Moses recounts what happened after they got on the other side of the Red Sea uh, away from Egypt. In Deuteronomy chapter 2, God notes the presence of the descendants of the Nephilim that were in the land east of the Jordan, those the Emons, the Anakims, and the Horites, which were displaced and or destroyed by the descendants of Lot and Esau. Israel also encountered and devoted to destruction the kingdoms of Shihon and Og, remnants of the Rephaim, which were the descendants of the Nephilim. Their captured land and cities were given to Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. Devoting to destruction involved the complete elimination of all remnants of the culture and religious practices. That was men, women, children, and all the implements and idols of worship. It was total destruction. over to burn it all. Now, here are the two options that are being made available to Israel. One, have Edenic-type living in obedience to the law. With blessings galore, has God dwelt in their midst? Remember, God's presence was actually tabernacling with, with Israel. And he was going to bless them mightily in accordance with their obedience to the law. Or two, abandon God and submit their obedience, metaphorically speaking, to the sex, drugs, and rock and roll with the, other, with the gods of the nations. Okay, and this is kind of what, what, what you saw happen in the incident with the Baal of Peor, where the women of Midian invited the men of Israel over to sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and there was a great sin in the camp. And so in Deuteronomy, again, this is being made very, very clear. The distinction between obedience to God and obedience to the gods of the nations. Also in the opening chapters of Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy three twenty-three to 29, Moses asked God one last time to be allowed to go into the land. It says, And I pleaded with the Lord at that time, saying, O Lord God, you have only begun to show your servant your greatness and your mighty hand. For what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do such works and mighty acts as yours? Please let me go over and see the good land beyond the Jordan, that good hill country in Lebanon. But the Lord was angry with me because of you and would not listen to me. And the Lord said to me, Enough from you. Do not speak to me of this matter again. Go up to the top of Pisgah and lift up your eyes westward and northward and southward and eastward and look at it with your eyes, for you shall not go over this Jordan. But charge Joshua and encourage and strengthen him, for he shall go over at the head of his people and he shall put them in possession of the land that you see. So he remained in the valley opposite of Beth Peor. And beginning in Exodus chapter 4, Moses gets into the distinction between following the Lord God and the gods of the nations. Verses 1 to 8 of chapter 4. And now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and the rules that I am teaching you, and do them, that you may live, and go in and take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your fathers, is giving you. You shall not add to the word that I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you. Your eyes have seen what the Lord did at Baal Peor, for the Lord your God destroyed from among you all the men who followed the Baal of Peor. Remember, that was the incident with the Midianite women. That Balak listened to Balaam and get the Midian women to get the Israelites to come over to their camp and, and worship their God. And God destroyed 14,700 of them. Verse 4, But you who held fast to the Lord your God are alive today. See, I have taught you statutes and rules as the Lord my God commanded me that you should do them in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. Keep them and do them, 
For that will be your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples, who when they hear all these statutes will say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it, as the Lord our God is to us, whenever we call upon him? And what great nation is there that has statutes and rules so righteous as this law that I have set before you today? Moses is making this distinction between they and the nations. God himself is dwelling in their midst. You know, what other nation has the ability to call upon God? And he's right there, right? And what other nation has statutes and rules so righteous as the law that I have set before you today? That is the distinction of the light versus the darkness. Moses then reminds the people how they heard the voice of the Lord at Horeb out of the smoke and fire and declared his covenant they were to perform which was the Ten Commandments. So this is, again, back after they crossed over the Red Sea. They went to Mount Sinai at Mount Horeb, and there was uh, the God spoke to them from the mountain out of the cloud and the fire. And that idolatry and worship of any created thing, that's animals, reptiles, fish, humans, stars in the heavens, was strictly prohibited. Utter destruction and scattering among all the peoples of the nations would be the result. There is no other God than God alone. Of course, in God's foreknowledge, he knew that they would rebel against him. And in Deuteronomy four twenty nine to 31, he notes after they rebel, it says this, but from there, because God's going to scatter them amongst the nations. This is already in Deuteronomy chapter 4. But from there, you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find him if you search after him with all your heart and with all your soul. When you are in tribulation and all these things come upon you in the latter days, you'll return to the Lord your God and obey his voice. For the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not leave you or destroy you or forget the covenant with your fathers that he swore to them. And, of course, that when you read the Old Testament, that's what most of the major prophets and minor prophets are about, not just the, first, not just the coming of Christ, but the second return of Christ when, in fact, all of Israel will turn to God. Moses then repeats and adds some details to the giving of the law in the Ten Commandments. A summary statement is found of the law in Deuteronomy 6, 4-9. It's also called the Shema of Israel says, Hear, O Lord, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on your doorposts of your house and on your gates. The law was super important and needed to be taught to their children. Moses then tells the people to remember when their children ask the common question, why? Why are we to obey God? The parents are to tell the children how the Lord with signs and wonders freed Israel from Egypt and gave them the commandments to live by in the land he promised and delivered unto them. So again, he's just pointing to the future that's coming. You need to keep repeating this to your children, repeating this to your children. Otherwise, they'll forget, right? How many generations need to go by before it's all, all, the, all the knowledge is forgotten if it's not shared? And when they say, why are we learning this, these commands? It's because God freed them out of Egypt with sign, many signs and wonders and gave them the land he promised through their obedience to the commands. Moses then summarizes the significance of the law in the last verse of chapter 6. It comes out of Deuteronomy 6.25. It says, And it will be righteousness for us if we are careful to do all this commandment before the Lord our God as he has commanded us. Righteousness is the condition necessary to live in the presence of God and is a central theme of the New Testament. 
Of course, how that righteousness is obtained, either works the law or by grace through faith, has been at the center of many Christian theological disputes and throughout history. And it still goes on today. Moses then tells the people they are not merely a nation of people, but the descendants of people God chose and raised into a nation. Do not choose the idolatry of the nations, the sex, drugs, and rock and roll, as, an exa- as a metaphor, but faithfully follow and obey the commandments of God. This is given in Deuteronomy 7, 1 through 11, 16, and 24 to 26. Catch this, what he's telling him. When the Lord your God brings you into the land that you are entering to take possession of it, and clears away many nations before you, the Hittites, the Girgasites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, seven nations more numerous and mightier than you. And when the Lord your God gives them over to you and you defeat them, then you must devote them to complete destruction. You shall make no covenant with them and show no mercy to them. You shall not intermarry with them, giving your daughters to their sons or taking their daughters for your sons, for they will turn away your sons from following me to serve other gods. Then the anger of the Lord would be kindled against you and he would destroy you quickly. But thus shall you deal with them. You shall break down their altars and dash in pieces their pillars and chop down their ashram and burn their carved images with fire. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasure possession out of all the peoples on the face of the earth. It was not because you are more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you, for you were the fewest of all peoples. But it is because the Lord loves you and is keeping the oath that he swore to your fathers, that the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations and repays to their face those who hate him by destroying them. He will not be slack with one who hates him. He will repay him to his face. You shall therefore be careful to do the commandment and the statutes and the rules that I command you today. Verse 16, and you shall consume all the peoples that the Lord your God will give over to you. Your eye shall not pity them, neither shall you serve their gods, for that would be a snare to you. Verse 24 to 26, and he will give their kings into your hand, and you shall make their name perish from under heaven. No one shall be able to stand against you until you have destroyed them. The carved images of their gods you shall burn with fire. You shall not covet the silver or the gold that is on them, or take it for yourselves, lest you be ensnared by it. For it is an abomination to the Lord your God. And you shall not bring an abominable thing into your house and become devoted to destruction like it. You shall utterly detest and abhor it, for it is devoted to destruction. Now, the reason I'm emphasizing this is you'll see this devoted to destruction played out in the book of Joshua. And to many first-time readers, to their own shock and dismay when when you read it. It's just absolutely incredible. And within just a few generations, following the generation of Joshua, as they did not fully get rid of the inhabitants of the land, Israel begins turning to idolatry in the practices of the native people. You just see this happening. Their craving of these nations' uh, uh, idolatrous practices, and, and again, I call it sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and abandoning obedience to God's command. We might ask, well, why should they obey? That's covered in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 1 to 20. 
The whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you, and your foot did not swell these forty years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. So you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and by fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs, flowing out in the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper." And you shall eat and be full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and statutes which I command you here today. Lest you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them. And when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water, who brought you water out of the flinty rock who fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and test you to do good in the end. Beware lest you say in your heart, My power and the work of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. And if you forget the Lord your God and go after other gods and serve them and worship them, I solemnly warn you today that you shall surely perish. Like the nations the Lord makes to perish before you, so shall you perish, because you would not obey the voice of the Lord your God. Man, that's that's a strong warning right there from, from the Lord. God then tells Israel that he is going to drive out before them nations greater and mightier than they. They will quickly conquer great cities, fortified up to heaven but they are not to make a big deal about it. (laughs) Deuteronomy 9, 1 through 5. Hear, O Israel, you are to cross over the Jordan today to go in to dispossess nations greater and mightier than you, cities great and fortified up to heaven, a people great and tall, the sons of Anakin, whom you know and whom you have heard it said, who can stand before the sons of Anak? Know therefore today that he goes over before you as a consuming fire is Lord your God. He will destroy them and subdue them before you. So you shall drive them out and make them perish quickly as the Lord has promised you. Do not say in your heart after the Lord your God has thrust them out before you, it is because of my righteousness that the Lord has brought me to possess this land, whereas it is because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is driving them out before you. Not because of your righteousness or the uprightness of your heart are you going in to possess their land, but because of the wickedness of these nations, the Lord your God is driving them out before you. 
and that he may confirm the word that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob. Now, Moses then goes on to recall the golden calf incident and the the tablets of stone on which the Lord wrote the Ten Commandments. And the question then comes up, well, what does God require? It comes out of Deuteronomy 10, 12 to 22. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord, which I am commanding you today for your good? Behold, to the Lord your God belong heaven and the heaven of heavens, the earth and all that is in it. Yet the Lord set his heart in love on your fathers and chose their offspring after them, you above all peoples, as it is this day. Circumcise, therefore, the foreskin of your heart, and be no longer stubborn. For the Lord your God is God of gods, and Lord of lords, the great the mighty, and the awesome God, who is not partial and takes no bribes. He executes justice for the fatherless and the widow and loves the sojourner, giving him food and clothing. Love the sojourner, therefore, for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. You shall fear the Lord your God. You shall serve him and hold fast to him, and by his name you shall swear. He is your praise. He is your God who has done for you these great and terrifying things that your own eyes have seen. Your fathers went down to Egypt, 70 persons, and now the Lord your God has made you as numerous as the stars of heaven. Moses then goes on and instructs the people again to love and serve the Lord in all earnestness of heart, mind, and soul. And the Lord will give them every piece of land on which their feet tread. You may ask, well, what's so special about this land anyway? Deuteronomy 11, 11 to 12 and 26 to 28. But the land you are going over to possess is a land of hills and valleys, which drinks water by the rain from heaven, a land that the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are always upon it, from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. Remember, this is like an Edenic Edenic state. God's eyes are always on this land. It's like this is where God dwells. He's dwelling amongst the camp of Israel. Verses 26 to 28. See, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and the curse, if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way that I am commanding you today to go after other gods that you have not known. That's the big distinction. I'm making the theme of this whole thing. Either choose God, choose life, choose God, or choose death by choosing following the other gods. The Lord told Moses that the people were only to worship at the place where God would make his name dwell. Of course, that didn't happen until David's day when King David conquered Jerusalem. And then, of course, the Temple Mount uh, is where the temple was going to be constructed. Solomon eventually constructs the temple there. But it says in Deuteronomy 12, 29 to 32, When the Lord your God cuts off before you the nations whom you go in to dispossess, and you dispossess them and dwell in their land, take care that you not be ensnared to follow them after they have been destroyed before you, and that you do not inquire about their God, saying, How did these nations serve their gods, that I may also do the same? You shall not worship the Lord your God in that way. For every abominable thing that the Lord hates, they have done for their gods. For they even burn their sons and their daughters in the fire to their gods. Everything I command you, you shall be careful to do. You shall not add to it or take from it. God then instructs Moses that if if a man or a woman or a family or a town is found worshiping and bowing down to any other God, they were to be stoned to death by their neighbors. That's 
the instructions are given there. Especially important was that Israel's complete and utter destruction of the temples, shrines, idols of the false gods of these nations. God then provides additional instructions on what is clean and unclean, the tithes, and then the sabbatical week and feasts. Chapters 14 to 27 of Deuteronomy reiterate the law in the final details of obedience before the peoples enter the land. In the midst of this instructional narrative, God tells Moses what to watch out for and his A plan in response to their eventual demise. What to watch out for is found in Deuteronomy 18, 9 to 19. When you come into the land that the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominable practices of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who burns his son or his daughter as an offering, anyone who practices divination or tells fortunes or interprets omens or a sorcerer or a charmer or a medium or a necromancer or one who inquires of the dead. For whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God is driving them out before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. For these nations which you are about to dispossess, listen to fortune tellers and diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not allowed you to do this. So again, if you look back and you say, well, what were the nations doing? That's, a, that's the list of what they were doing. And of course, what you'll see as the, as the text continues through the after Joshua and Judges, uh, and it continues on to the history of Israel, they fall into all of those things. When you get into Second Kings and the dividing of the uh, nation between the southern kingdom and the northern kingdom, that is all over the place. Everything that he's just said not to do, they are, in fact, doing. So how does, how does one know, once they get into that, what they're supposed to do? And that's covered in verses 15 to 19. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen. So Moses is saying, God's going to raise up someone like me in your midst. And to him you shall listen, just as you desired of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly, when you said, let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, or see this great fire any more, lest I die. Remember that time they, when the Lord gave the Ten Commandments, they were so afraid, they said, look, we're going to die if we continue to hear the voice of the Lord. Moses, you go talk to God and, and have him come back and tell us what God says. So Moses is telling the people right now that the Lord God's going to send another one, like Moses, who's going to be that person, who's going to tell them what the Lord says. Verse 17, and the Lord said to me, they are right in what they have spoken. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And whoever will not listen to my words that he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. Now, of course, this is Jesus. I mean, you get in the New Testament, just go into the book of John and see how many times Jesus says, my father sent me, and I only say what my Father has commanded me. That's because Jesus was fulfilling these words out of Deuteronomy 18, verse 18. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And whoever will not listen to my words that he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. Now, the camp of Israel was to remain clean and holy. Why was the camp of Israel to remain clean and holy? Because God is in their midst. Explain to Deuteronomy 23, verse 14. Because the Lord your God walks in the midst of your camp to, live, to deliver you and to give up your enemies before you, therefore your camp must be holy. 
so that he may not see anything indecent among you and turn away from you. Again, this is very Edenic-like. Remember, God was in, in the garden with Adam and Eve, and he was walking in the garden with Adam and Eve. And he's saying he's doing the same thing in the Israelite camp. He's going to be walking around in the Israelite camp. That's why they must keep it holy. By the time Moses gets to Deuteronomy chapter 28, it is summary time found in blessings for obedience and point to point to the opposite extreme for disobedience. In other words, here's the blessings, and this is all the blessings that come from obedience. And then for every point he said that you'd be blessed, it's going to be just the opposite extreme for disobedience. And the Lord again reiterates his mission and vision for Israel. This is Deuteronomy 28, 9 to 10. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, as he has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. And all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. Then God renews the Sinai covenant in Deuteronomy chapter 29. Remember, he made the covenant with them at Sinai. Now he's going to renew that covenant with with the people of Israel in Moab before Israel proceeds further, because they're, they're about to cross over the Jordan River and go on in. And with great vigor and thought, God reiterates the consequences of disobedience one more time. This is in Deuteronomy 30, verses 15 to 20. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways and by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. But if your heart turns away and you will not hear, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, and that's the gods of the nations. Verse 18, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are going over to the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice and holding fast to him. For he is your life and length of days, that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. Now, if you're wondering how anyone was to remember the commands, <laughs> that's explained in Deuteronomy 31, 9 to 13. It explained earlier that, that when they won a king and God was going to allow them to have a king, that the king was to receive a copy of the law from the Levitical priest, and they were to keep track of the king about this. And the king was to write out the whole law himself and have that book always available to him. So the king of Israel, the kings of Israel were to know the law because they were to have written the law themselves, out themselves, under the direction and tutelage of the Levitical priesthood. In Deuteronomy 31, 9 to 13, how about for the people? It says, Then Moses wrote this law and gave it to the priests, the sons of Levi, who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord, and to all the elders of Israel. And Moses commanded them, At the end of every seven years, at the time set in the year of release, at the Feast of Booths, when all Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God, at the place that he will choose, you shall read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Assemble the people, men, women, and little ones, and the sojourner within your towns, that they may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God, and be careful to do all the words of this law, and that their children, who have not known it, may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God, as long as you live in the land that you are going over the Jordan to possess. So again, how do they know what's in these books? Because not everybody has a copy of it. Every seven years it was to be read in the presence of everyone as they gathered at the Feast of Booths 
during that time, then the law will be read again once every seven years. Now, Joshua is then commissioned and succeeds Moses before they enter the land. God reveals to Moses that in just a few short generations, the people will utterly forget and experiences the curses spoken of in Deuteronomy. God then has Moses compose and recite a song which Israel is to learn that gives the detail of the rebellion and the consequences. This is followed by a blessing by Moses in the tribes of Jacob before his death. And the book and the book of Deuteronomy ends in chapter 34 with the death of Moses. It says, starting with verse 1, Then Moses went up from the plains of Moab to the Mount Nebo to the top of Pisgah, which is opposite Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land, Gilead as far as Dan, all Naphtali, the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the western sea, the Negeb and the plain that is the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees as far as Zor. And the Lord said to him, This is the land which I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to your offspring. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you shall not go over there. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him in the valley in the land of Moab, opposite Beth Peor. But no one knows the place of his burial to this day. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eyes were undimmed and his vigor unabated. And the people of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. Then the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. Now, when Moses has died, a couple of things of uh, interesting. One, he was 120 years old, but his eyes were not dimmed and his vigor was unabated. <laughs> he was ready to go into the land, but, but the Lord wouldn't let him. And it says that when he died, the Lord buried him in an undisclosed location. And that completes our review of the book of Deuteronomy. The simplest summary I can make is Israel was to choose blessings and life and not cursings and death. The simplest reason I can give for their continual failure is found in Deuteronomy 29, verse 4. But to this day, the Lord has not given you, so the Lord has not given them something, Israel, a heart to understand, or eyes to see, or ears to hear. Now, this is key to understanding the entire Bible as well. How do you get a heart that understands? How do you get eyes that see? And how do you get ears that hear? I guess you'll have to keep on listening to find out, right? On our next episode, we'll look at the message of the Pentateuch as a whole. That's the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, and its role in the New Testament life in the believer's walk of faith. And, and you will, and as you will see, the Pentateuch is very critical for a New Testament believer to know and to understand what, in fact, it is saying. Because things have not changed since then. The gods of the nations are still around, and the God of the Bible is still around. And it's still, who are you going to obey? Who are you going to submit to and obey to? Are you going to submit to and obey and follow Christ? Or are you going to submit and obey the, the gods of the nations? Thank you for listening. Subscribe, follow, rate, and review the show. Show notes and other resources are found on my website, wayofthebible.com. And uh, join me on the path when you get there. Write me a note. Uh, I'm, my email is drz, drz, at wayofthebible.com. Write me a note. Love to hear from you. And let me end with this as I end with all my shows. Simply believe God and follow Jesus. Live as a child of light, overflowing with living water and the will of God, being joyful always, praying continually, and thankful in all circumstances. Be blessed, my brothers and sisters. 
We hope this episode of Way of the Bible has you feeling inspired and empowered to simply believe God and follow Jesus. Remember to search the scriptures to confirm what you've heard today. And join us next episode as we continue to discover together the treasures of wisdom and knowledge hidden in Christ and be transformed daily by the renewing of your mind. Knowing God's will for you is a life filled with joy, prayer, and thanksgiving. Be blessed.